It's weird though. I mean, like the bee thing, 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 thing. I mean, obviously hornets aren't bees, I guess. I don't know if they belong to the same like subspecies. I'm not a biologist, so whatever. But like, it, I remember maybe decades ago at this point when there was like the big Africanized killer bee scare. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember that? And they always made sure to put the word Africanized in it. Like the bee was like a, a gangbanger. Like oh, like it was like the bee was part of the urban demographic. They're like these bees are significantly bigger and more yeah like yeah 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 they were bigger and more aggressive bees and they would sting the fuck out of you for no reason yeah <laughs> it, it, it morphed into a monstrous demon right before my eyes and and then stung me like right it, it's the narrative is so ingrained that they can't other help bees it. put out their gun because they were afraid for their lives if it you know like flew by their flower or whatever <laughs> the bee is between six foot one and six foot seven. It is currently flying down uh, Flatbush Avenue, listening to B hip hop. Uh, I believe it's listening to Black and Yellow by Wiz Khalifa. Shut the fuck up. Oh, fuck. Funny, I always thought that, I always thought that song was about Pittsburgh. Turns out it's about bees. <laughs> No, no, but we've we've gotten way off track. The show is not about bees at all. We we don't have the sort of intellectual range to discuss the like the current extinction of the honeybee and what that means for the ecological <laughs> the state of the world. Uh, we actually came to talk about a more lighthearted topic. The recent, well, I, uh, I say recent, but by the time this this podcast goes out and whenever you're listening to it, there might have been another coup attempt in Venezuela. Um, <laughs> so, like specifically, we're talking about the what march the may 2020 the early may 2020 coup attempt uh in venezuela hopefully that's specific enough but go on <laughs> it's still early anything before the 15th is early may there could be another 15 coup attempts before the we get to mid-may a lot of people are bored but yeah the, the failed coup attempt on venezuela orchestrated by american private cyber and CrossFit security firm Silver Core. Where are you guys on this? I, I don't know what is appropriate. I don't know if it's appropriate to congratulate Venezuela on defeating. Uh... I mean, I think it's interesting um, in that it is it is significant, right? It is it's a good idea to. I think it's totally appropriate to uh, congratulate them on that. But it's also interesting to look at kind of like what all this has to do and like who's got so the the this quote unquote, as you call them, CrossFit Merck Group has a uh, has ties to the Trump administration. Trump has publicly disavowed them, um, but they are a U. But per Ben Norton, they're a U.S. government backed uh, mercenary firm, and they've been active throughout um, Latin and South America, Central and South America, uh, for like the last decade or so. Uh, they were in uh, Brazil when Bolsonaro was elected. The, uh, there was just so much that was going on, and they even their. Um, and see, there's another one. There's another tweet here from Max Blumenthal, where the where the, one of the mercenaries confirms the contract with Juan, says the plan was to kidnap Venezuelan President Maduro and then fly him off to the U.S. as a captive. Like that's a, and that you know, conveniently, this happens right after the U.S. Uh, announces that Maduro is <laughs> wanted for drug smuggling in the U.S., which is kind of ironic, seeing as how you know CIA created crack. Well, it's also ironic seeing how this attack was launched from America's narco state partner, Colombia. Um, but yeah, yeah. Of, of course, Maduro is the drug trafficker in this in this equation as well. He's also the strongman leader. I, you know, frank, frankly, I 
I just think it's great that Jack Ryan season two is having some relevance again. I, I feel a little bad after the whole the whole the first failed coup attempt. But from my perspective, what makes this whole thing funny is that normally we're talking about the you know the the conspiracies that go well, you know, almost so well, you know, you can't even prove they exist. And now you know we have an example of a conspiracy or an attempted conspiracy that went entirely fucking ass up the you know from jump street right if, if reading some of the accounts or rather reading what went wrong and what happened in hindsight uh is kind of like a you know no much reason that's a naked gun style parody of a coup attempt right someone doing a little bit of pastiche like like when you found out that they were like the head of silver core was tweeting about it he was tweeting about the like, the coup attempt as it was occurring saying that they had 60 60 venezuelan uh, guerrilla fighters and two uh, ex green beret american trainers coming to attack venezuela it was just absolutely ridiculous and the whole thing really for me it was just kind of absurd and it, I guess everything that's old is new again under Trump, and so that especially applies to South American foreign policy. And so uh, I think some people have made the reference to Bay of Pigs and called it the Bay of Piglets, and that it was just more inept, smaller, less likely to succeed. Like it was just worstly, worst planned in every possible way, as you would imagine Trump trying something like this would be, or you know, the U.S. under Trump, whether it's directly influenced by him and you know offering fifteen million dollars for anybody who did what these people said that they were trying to do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, so this didn't remind me of anything like that a U.S. government had done, but what it really reminded me was like, I don't know if you guys have looked into Ross Perot, but like Ross Perot ran all these like personal forays or personally funded forays to try and get prisoners of war and it was all like a giant con type thing where he personally believed in it but it really wasn't going anywhere or doing anything and it was all bumbling and mistakes and you know just intelligence from people who had no intelligence and had no knowledge of the area they were going into and that's what this reads like it it, it reads like you had this QAnon guy who really believed that he was going to help out who has ties to the Trump administration like running in and running off on his own. And, you know, that's not to say that he was probably didn't get a green light from U.S. government forces or U.S. government agencies like the State Department or others saying, yeah, yeah, go. But just on the off chance that they could make it happen with plausible deniability going on, too. But it, it's just so fucking bumbling that I, I can't see how even someone as incompetent as Pompeo couldn't have expected this to do anything. Well, I mean, that's I mean, the point. I'm sure. I am sure that the U.S. government, at, at least at some level, you know, maybe not the President Trump specifically, but you know, Bolton or Pompeo had, especially considering I think Bolton tweeted out some like some innocuously or rather some vaguely threatening tweet uh, around the time where it was happening. I, I don't believe that they didn't know it was happening. I just believe it was one of those, you know, everyone got the Mission Impossible speech before it occurred, right? They got the well, you know, if you get captured, when you get captured, uh, we're going to dis disavow any knowledge of you but you're gonna lay in a puddle of your own pee (laughs) i mean you know better your own than someone else's i suppose depending on where you what gets you off but you know well this guy actually like he pissed himself on the ground and because he was at an incline the piss rolled towards i didn't realize that i didn't realize that joey salads was a was a mercenary (laughs) for the united states government at this point it's like i mean how many of these guys have ties to eric prince too but well, let's look at the actual contract. So the contract, and I'm looking at the article right now, is for $212 million between Guaido and J.J. Rendon. Like, which I think in and of itself, right? So if we're looking at this and then, you know, uh, John linked a wonderful article in our group DMs 
Uh, that kind people, of let me say about- this. Uh, just if you want to Google it, all you have to Google is how to hack an election from Bloomberg, and it details it. So go on there. And so it was, but it it really does paint kind of a very vivid picture in that Rendon seems to be kind of the U.S. military, the U.S. government, the State Department, the CIA, right? He seems to be the kind of their go-between in the we want regime change, but we don't want our we don't want to be directly implicated, right? He's you know he was his firm and things that he's been doing were it were just implicated for tons of elections, including Mexico's most recent one, um, right? So it, it's. I, the U.S. government had to have known about it, signed off on it, and this is why, you know, you have people that you have people like JJ, who can easily who can say, "Well, I'm going to take an air of uh, deniability on this," and then it gives it's a layer removed from the U.S. government directly leading into action. But this also comes on the heels of today. Trump vetoed a bill from Congress uh, uh, limiting his war powers with uh, regards to Iran. So all of this is kind of happening at once. So you have one failed coup attempt, and now you've got, you know, the federal government trying to draw attention away from that by saying, nah, like, we're going to probably go to war with Iran. Yeah, the one coup Trump might successfully pull off might be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're still going to be trying for Venezuela for the foreseeable future, right? If I'm not mis- yeah, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, even like the contract that Adair was citing at the time, you know, when he was mentioning it, the $212 million was supposed to be paid in some form of like oil shares or oil stock or, you know, basically with money made from seizing Venezuela's oil and selling it to, you know, private companies, America, et cetera. So, I mean, that's part, I mean, that's basically part of, you know, the plan, right? It's, it's a sort of yeah, they haven't piracy. even been like shy about it. I think it was Bolton that basically, you know, let the cat out of the bag early that they basically planned on bargaining and paying for regime change through a uh, reallocation of the ownership. Right. Of the I call it the near attendant plan. U.S. entities. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, they weren't even, it wasn't even like under the surface. It was just right out there at the front. Well, I mean, and civil court again, so this, their own Twitter uh, was brag on their own Twitter was bragging about training for a terror campaign. <laughs> like, like you're actively on Twitter saying we are terrorists and we are going to continue terrorist activities. I mean, yeah, it, like it must legit suck to be like a country. And I know this is going to sound kind of like asinine, but it must legit suck to be like a country in the global south where not only do you have to worry about like, you know, competent, quote unquote, Americans uh, funding like internal jihadis or internal sort of like uh, right wing fascist groups to overthrow you. You know, if you're a legitimate uh, ruler or legitimate uh democratic president you know or just you know just any kind of leader of a country or just a political adversary uh and, but now you also have to worry about these sort of like high school gym teacher like uh army reserve coast guards trying to like start cosplay coups in your fucking country and like worrying about if you kill them we'll start international incident like all this other bullshit like it's it, like america's playground ass mentality when it comes to the rest of the world's sovereignty is like spreading to its people well that's one of the uh things that's interesting here though too which is why i think in part that the U.S. government had to have signed off on it because you know Venezuela they would have been within every would have been entirely within their rights uh, had they shot and killed these the you know in these people that were trying to invade and commit terrorist acts right like they would have been well within their right. Well, they did. However, the U.S. Them. would have used that as a launching point for a full scale military invasion. I think right. And so that really put like, and so that's I think part of why the government's like we have to be signed off on this because it gives them the perfect excuse. Either it succeeds 
and they can do more clandestine kinds of things to facilitate a, a change to a more fascist regime regime that is subservient to the U.S. Or, and I'm sure the State Department thought this was most likely because it's what the State Department would have done. They, the you know, these terrorists get killed. They become martyrs for a new U.S. war, and we invade Venezuela on you know on the grounds of they killed Americans who weren't doing anything wrong, just trying to support freedom fighters, quote unquote. In Hey. 